Well, hello everyone, and welcome once again to Wednesday Night Live. It is so good to be with you here today and to share with you in, in the Word of the Lord and in some spiritual fellowship. My name is Monica Terrell, and I am um, joining with you here from the beautiful, very rainy Dallas, Texas, here for the Father's Church. And, um, yeah, we've had somewhat of a deluge of rain uh, beginning yesterday, which is, is such a, a gift from the Father. One of the things that I, I really love about Texas is, you know, people are always talking about the Texas heat, the Texas summers. It's so hot, and it is. I mean, that is definitely something that is true. But one of the beautiful things about Texas is the thunderstorms. And we have really grown to love them because we know that God is in them. And we welcome the outpouring. And the former and the latter rain, we welcome the, the thunder and the lightning and the voices that come through just as the Lord moves throughout the earth. And particularly during this season, this rain is truly something that, that we've needed to refresh and to restore. And so I send that refreshing out throughout all of the saints throughout the world. I just, I just stand with the Lord and I send forth just his mighty refreshing upon your life, upon your walk of faith, upon your church, your cities. Um, in the nations of the world. It's such a blessing to serve the Lord, and I'm just, um, I'm just overwhelmed by His goodness to us and really where we are in Him and the timetable of the Lord. Um, you know, this season has been probably the most unique season that we've known in the last number of years. And my heart is so much to see this season as the handiwork of God and to truly seize all that is available to us in the midst of it in way of refinement and development because he is doing those things in us and in the way of our relationship and intimacy as we know that this walk of faith stems through that very relationship that we have with him through the commune and through the fellowship that we have at his right hand and so, as faith, we know, is acting upon what he has placed within us at his right hand, I know that he is beckoning us into his presence, beckoning us into the deeper places to know him, to know his ways, to glean his thoughts, and, and really to, um, to know what he's doing and to know the intent of his heart and how he intends to do it because that is the work that lies before us. And so I'm so thankful to him for his grace and for his blood that allows us access into his presence and, and to know that, that that beckoning is very real and because he wants us to know more of him. He wants us to walk this walk of faith in strategy and in timing and in precision as his saints, as his sons. And so he gives us everything that we need. He makes everything that we need available to us 
we just have to press into it. We have to lean into it. We have to apply it in our, in our walk. And sometimes that requires discipline and that requires um, an, an, an extra measure of devotion and commitment in, in, in our function before him. But we're in a really good place, saints. We're in such a good place before him. And I'm just so thankful for that. Now today we're going to talk about um, several different things that God has put upon my heart. I love this venue and I'm very thankful for Wednesday Night Live and I'm very thankful to be able to minister in a prophetic church because, you know, we have different um, venues of teaching, different venues of preaching. We have um, different gatherings of prayer, prophetic prayer, all kinds of things that God has afforded us to be able to step into. But one of the things I love about this Wednesday Night Live is that there is a measure of liberty and freedom. It's not always going to be preaching. It's not always going to be teaching. And, and when, we, when we come before to minister, um, we can glean what God is saying and, and, and represent him and deliver that from the purity of the giftings for which he has given to us. And so this hour is going to be a teaching, yes, but it's going to have more of a prophetic flavoring to it because this is, these are some of the things that I feel or that I glean that the, the Spirit is highlighting in us as a people that he wants me from a, a, a prophetic office to speak into the body, to, to, to bring um, perhaps a point of inception and acceptance of what God is doing in and through us to initiate things. And so that is really what he has put upon my heart to release today. And so we're going to talk about several different things. They're all related. They all flow together. Um, the first one that we're going to talk about is, is found in the book of Hebrews. And I preface this by saying that just recently, well, let's just back up a little bit. Um, throughout this season, you know, we've experienced different dimensions of quarantine, social distancing that has affected our body, but the Lord has been in it and the Lord has used it in a very fruitful way. Um, some of us are, are still fully quarantining. Others of us are coming to the house of the Lord to pray and to come to service, but we're social distancing um, in accordance with um, really the government mandate that he's put upon us as a church and as a people. And so it's, it's caused us to have to alter, to adjust the way that we, we have fellowship um, in spirit and in the natural. And so in, in a normal circumstances, we have our, our scheduled worship times, we have our scheduled times of teaching and preaching, and we have our scheduled times of intercession and prophetic intercession, fivefold and things of that nature. And, and for those of you that have been with us for, for many years, you know that fivefold has been a regular point of ministry before the Lord for many, many years. Um, it's been about two years, I guess, um, maybe a little less, that the Lord had us pull back and, and somewhat reset. And there was, there was purpose in that to where we, we stopped having specific uh, fivefolds on Wednesday night. Um, or planned fivefolds on Wednesday night. We had more just free, um, prophetic kind of prayer, exploratory kinds of prayer. 
And I know that God was doing that to, to not to give us a break, but to develop us in such a way for such a time as this, for today, for what we're moving into in the way of our prophetic prayer, in the way of the fivefold ministry. And he's put upon the heart of our apostle to reestablish fivefold prayer in the house. And we've extended that out to the network. We've extended that out to the, the churches in the network to join us in that pursuit. And, you know, God is always doing new things. He's always doing a new thing. And we need to remember that. We need to, to press into that and know that we're called to partner with him in the new things. I mean, think about member, member, that sounded just really Texan. Remember <laughs> several years ago when we talked about the Genomai and about um, what that represented for us as sons of God. And just to refresh you, the genomai, which is the root word for genos, which is from which we get diversities of prayers, that's genos lelia. Um, the genomai is, it means to cause to be, it means a fulfillment of meaning or an identity, and it indicates the timely introduction of the divine agenda which will bring light into areas of darkness. Now that's the nematocos definition of genomai. But essentially what the genomai is, is it entails the essence of what God desires to accomplish. And it indicates beginnings or the revelation of something new according to the timetable of God. So when we pray in diverse tongues, we're appealing in our spiritual languages for the inception and the establishment of the eternal plan of God to be manifested in our day in his timetable. So we sh that's why we press and we stress, pray in tongues, pray in your spiritual languages, pray in genos tongues, pray and partner with God in the new things that he's birthing because he's always birthing a new thing. And so it's interesting that when we do our fivefold prayer, when we do any kind of prophetic prayer, we pray in diversities of tongues because we're partnering in the new thing that God is birthing, the new word that he wants to release to us, the, 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 the vision and the, the prophetic insight that he wants to birth in and through us to launch us into function and to launch us into um, partnering with him and seeing that manifest and fulfilled here upon the earth. And so, you know, God is always doing a new thing. And so when we approach the fivefold in this hour, it's going to be new. And it's going to be exciting. And I want you to be expectant for all that God's going to do in and through you because his grace is going to be all over it. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But when I began to pray about this, when I was, when I was asked to, to coordinate this, to, to be a part of, of the... Um, the leadership or the ministry of this this new dimension, not new dimension, um, deeper pursuit of the fivefold in this hour. And I started thinking about, oh gosh, Lord, you know, we've got social distancing, we've got people that still can't come to the church because of, you know, health issues or whatever. What is that going to look like for us? Because we've yet to actually officially formally gather for prayer and the Lord put 
this scripture in Hebrews in my heart almost instantaneously, and it really ministered to me what he is saying about our gathering together. Now, when I say gather together, it may look different. You know, we, we, we have the beautiful capacity to gather through Zoom or through different venues through the internet. We recognize that we are connected at the throne, that we are connected in the spirit, that there's no distance in the spirit. And so the Lord knows and he has a way for us to meet, but we're also going to be meeting by faith in our houses, in our churches, for fivefold pursuit and God is going to be with us in it. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 10 and I'm going to begin um, with verse 19 and we're going to read through verse 25. Mm, we're going to read farther than that. We're going to read through verse, well we're just going to read till we read. We're going to read as long as we read. <laughs> How about that? Okay, so this is the, uh, we don't know who this is. This is an anointed friend of God, I can tell you that. Hebrews. Having therefore, brethren, boldness or confidence to enter into the holiest, which is his presence, by the blood of Jesus. Now, how much have we talked about the blood of Jesus over this season and leading into this season? The blood of Jesus has been so significant in our function and in the application of that blood in our walk of faith with him. So, having therefore, brethren, the confidence or the boldness to enter into his holiness, into his presence by the blood of Jesus. We have the boldness to enter in. We have the freedom to enter in because his blood... And his atoning power gave us free access, full access, into the entrance of the holy place, into the entrance of his presence. And we can minister beyond the veil. And I'm here to tell you that his blood is alive. His blood is still warm. <laughs> his blood is fluid and it is full of life and vitality. And I just apply that right now into your life, into your prayer life, into this fivefold pursuit that we would access his presence, his holiness, the holiness place where he, his presence is through that blood that's, that's filled with life and vitality. And we would enter into that. And it says by a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. Jesus is the new and living way. And, and his, everything about this path we take with him is new and living. And then it says, And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. And we draw near through our own sacrifice by sacrificing all that we are for this pursuit to be in his presence with a true heart. That's a heart that is not concealed. That's a heart that's open and vulnerable and transparent before him, complete sincerity of purpose in the full assurance, truly persuaded in the full assurance of his faith. So we have that boldness to enter, to enter into that place of his presence. We have full access to do that by his blood, through the life and vitality of his blood, to be in his presence. 
because he is living and he ever lives to make intercession for us so that we might function in our place before him in the new and living way. He is the new and living way. So as we convene, as we begin to convene together in fellowship and fivefold prayer, let's consider the importance of the assembling together and let's let's find that through beginning with verse 23. Then he says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Now hold fast here means to fully own and possess the profession, the confession of Elpis, which is hope without wavering. For he is faithful that is promised. And I want to back up here because this is very important for us. This is, it says, hold fast to the confession of our faith. And this word faith is elpis, and that literally translates as hope. Let's talk a little about, uh, let's talk a little bit about what hope is. Hope, through a Nematocost definition, is that first glimmer in the life of God. And the life in the eyes of God it's what he holds in his heart. It's that spark of purpose that he holds in his heart for creation. And, the, and hope empowers the initiation of the entire process of creation. And hope is life-giving. We must never lose hope, but we must hold fast to the profession. We must own and possess the possession of our hope without wavering. Because hope will then fill us with the assignment of faith. Through hope comes faith. And our faith is to move forward in that which God has put within us in full confidence and in full persuasion. So we must never, ever lose our hope. But we must hold fast to it. We must possess it, knowing that he has new things in his heart to birth through you. So we hold fast to the new things that God is doing and we partner with him in them, bringing them forth into being through, like I said earlier, the diversities of our tongues, through our intercession, through being at the right hand, through declaring and speaking forth the life and vitality for which he is bringing forth the new things into our midst. And then it says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love to and to good works and let's break this down he's telling us that as we hold fast to the profession of our our hope without wavering which is the new creative thing that God is doing we need to consider one another and provoke and provoke literally means to stir or to sharpen alongside each one unto the agape for his kalos ergon, for his good works, for the good works of his purpose. And so what we're, what we're supposed to do in the gathering, gathering together, is we're supposed to stir one another in the agape. We're supposed to provoke one another in the agape. We're supposed to sharpen one another in the agape. You've heard the phrase out of the scripture that says, iron sharpens irons. It is significant for our fellowship together that we sharpen one another unto agape. Now, what is agape? Agape is that passion 
that presses us toward the goal of establishing his purpose in and through us. And so as we access and as we stir one another in that passion, knowing that we are called and commissioned, we will begin to receive divine directives for ministry. We'll begin to receive revelations and insights of what he intends to do, the new things that he intends to do in the moments and in the days to come. And so we, we desperately need this stirring amongst the body as we begin to gather together in the midst of our prophetic intercession, in the midst of the fivefold. And then it says, not forsaking or not leaving behind or deserting the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. So we're not to leave behind or forsake our assembling together. But we are to exhort one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. What is exhorting? Exhorting is perikaleo. And, and it literally speaks of the work of the Holy Spirit that works in and through us in, in advocating the devotion to the righteous calling of the saints. And, and it also is that girding up ministry that affirms the anointing of the, Holy, of the Holy Spirit to us individuals as we're functioning before the Lord in prophetic prayer. Remember, exhorting is one of the, the, um, the demonstrations of the prophetic office within the fivefold. And so we're to call one another aside in the midst of, of our gathering together, um, exhorting one another, um, being the demonstrations of the Holy Spirit bringing forth that devotion of our righteous calling as saints and our function as saints and girding it up, affirming the anointing of the Holy Spirit in the midst of the gathering, doing that for one another as we see the day approaching. And, you know, in this hour, this is a word for us. That day is approaching. He is coming back. And we must always be watching. We must always be ready. We must remain watchful. We must remain in prayer. And we must be faithful to the coming together, to the fellowship together, to not forsaking the assembly, the assembling together for his purpose, for the good purpose in the work that he's given for us to do. And, and, and so this is where we're headed. And whatever it looks like, it's going to be God's way. He's going to assemble us in the way that he has ordained for us to come together. And I'm so excited to see the creative and new ways that he not only assembles us for this very work, but the creative ways that he moves in and through each one of us as we're faithful to it. So he's bringing us all back together again. Not that we've ever been distant or separated. But it's just important that we, rec that we recognize the importance of our, our, of our gathering together and particularly um, in this fivefold pursuit that has been initiated by the apostolic word of the Lord. I want you to think about, let's talk about the fivefold for just a few minutes. Um, and this is not going to be a fivefold teaching. Those are available for you throughout the library and probably um, will be um, coming forth in the days ahead. 
But what I do want us to consider in our assembly is that each one of us carries unique and powerful giftings. And each one of us is functional in the body. You know, every joint supplies. And so as each one of us has different giftings, whether it be, you know, a propensity towards prophetic giftings or teacher giftings or pastoral giftings or apostolic or evangelistic giftings, it's time once again to assemble them together for the strategic application of what God has for us in our going forward apostolically. And so I, I do want to address the fivefold in several different dimensions um, today because we need this function. We need fivefold insight back in place in the church. It's vital for us because God is doing new things. He is speaking. He that has a hear, ear, let him hear what the, the Spirit is saying to the churches. And he is calling us to reestablish a new and creative platform for the working and the function of the gifts within the church, for those gifts that you have, those anointings that you have. And so let's consider those gifts for just a few minutes, and, and let's consider the how and the why that those gifts came into being. And, and we're going to read a passage of Scripture that's very familiar to us in the teachings of the fivefold. And, and, and I really, through these next couple of passages of Scripture that we're going to talk about, our focus is going to be on His grace and upon faith when it comes to us functioning in the gifts and the anointings that God has given to us. So we're going to begin with Ephesians 4, and we're going to read verses 6 through 11. And it says, One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he said when he ascended up on high and he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that has ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. And so this is very familiar to us, but just to, just to recap a little bit, just from the past. This was, this was the triumph of the Lord after the cross, of the Lord Jesus Christ after the cross. And in that moment of triumph, Jesus blessed our Heavenly Father with the fruits of his obedience, with the fruits of his service that he gave at the cross. And he did that, it says here, so that he might furnish or fulfill, plero, that means to completely furnish, to make complete, and to cause to happen all things. So he ascended to heaven and in the process, he acquired gifts for all men. These were gifts that were given to the Father for us, for the church specifically, the working of the five that's necessary to be functioning in the church to make us complete, to make us in our function cause things to happen, furnish completely, and make complete. 
in the midst of our function. And we see here that these gifts are grace. They, they are the gifts, they are the anointings, they are the placement and the authority that we are called to function in today. So what we're talking about today and in, in launching forth into a deeper pursuit of the fivefold, these are the grace gifts that we move forward in, and it is grace. Aren't you thankful for the journey, for that journey that Jesus took to the lower parts and then ascended far above all the heavens? I mean, seriously, I mean, where would we be, at, be without the grace gifts and without the anointings to function? We would be so dull, and we would not be moving forward or higher or deeper. I'm so thankful for that. So we know just in our study of grace that grace is that capacity that moves us forward from previous modes of, ex of existence. So we've been on one level, on one plateau with the fivefold, and he's calling us up into a higher, a deeper, new place. It's been ordained for him, by him, by grace, to step into the gifts that he's given to us, to step into the grace that he's given to us. And as we commit to this, as we commit all that we are into this, he will deal a measure of faith to each one of us as we overcome and press into it. And let's read Romans 12, verses 1 through 4. Uh, I began with verse 1, and it's good, so we're going to begin there. It says, I because that really is our calling to step into this um, as, as far as being that sacrifice. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, this is the Apostle Paul, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. And so we know at the very core, at the very foundation, it is grace that empowers us to step into the purpose of, that God has planned for us, right? And as we, as we commit, that grace empowers our walk of faith. And faith comes through our communion, his right hand, and then, and then the grace in that walk propels us it lifts us it empowers us into a deeper place and as we press into that deeper place as we go beyond, beyond the veil by the blood of jesus as we go into the holy of holies and go before his presence he then begins to reveal his thoughts and his ways to us in progressive revelation this is insight that comes through our fivefold prayer and this is our intended partnership with him this is what happens as we align ourselves with his throne at the right hand. As we align our hearts and our perspectives with his throne. And we align our ways with his. You know, it, it's the sanctified walk as a son. And he is faithful in the midst of it to bring revelation to us. To show us his progressive nature. To show us the way that he intends to do a thing. 
and to give us directive and to give us strategy and timing and power. So grace yields promotion from one plateau to the next in our development and our growth. And I just want to speak this into you. I just want to speak this into the body of saints. This is a defined moment for us. That he is calling us by his grace into the next development and growth that he has for us. He is, he is calling us into a higher plateau in the development and the growth that he has for us. This is a defining moment in our walk of faith. And we need to heed that. And we need to be ready for that. And we need to be expectant for that. It is time for us to rise. It is time for us to press into the promotion that he has for us. It is time for us to step out in faith and, and just be expectant for what he can do in and through you through the prophetic prayer that he's called you to. It's time for us to desire in the innermost places of our being the deeper things, to know him in a deeper way and in a more intimate way, in a more powerful way no matter what that entails, no matter what that sacrifice looks like for us, because this is what we are called to in this hour. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. We want to be that ear that hears. We are his sons. We're very familiar with this process. We have been walking this walk of grace for many, many years. And in, in this walk of faith, in this walk of, of the prophetic lifestyle, I've walked it myself. And I remember those days in the beginning and even still going into prophetic prayer, feeling like, I mean, talk about not to think more highly of himself. I mean, I have nothing to offer but a heart and a devotion to hear my God speak and to use me. I've walked it myself. I've witnessed it vividly in the body. I've watched the grace of God promote each and every one of you into that deeper place of prophecy and insight and being the voice for him. And it's such a rich privilege to flow in that deeper place of grace in our intercession. And I speak that forth prophetically that even our intercession would probe the depths in ways that we've not even known and subsequently the gifts and the capacities that he's placed within us to really thrive in this fivefold pursuit would be alive would be filled with vitality and would be everything that he has called and commissioned us to be and to accomplish in this hour that we would probe his heart that we would probe his mind that we would glean the immeasurable thoughts of god that bring that strategy that we need in this hour, that bring the timing and the direction for these uncertain, these chaotic, these climactic days that we're traversing in. We desperately need this, saints. And God is saying to us, I'm giving you the grace. I'm beckoning you in. You know, and you know, we're all so familiar with this, with grace. We've been functioning in grace. We're seasoned sons of the Most High. But, you know, so much of this season, I've, I've seen the alignment with where we are with, with the early church and the parallels that God 
has brought us into with the early church and the function of the early church. And one of the things that I remember from the Bible, that it says that we are to grow in grace. We are to grow in grace. So we've walked this walk of grace. We've functioned in grace. But it's time for us to grow in grace while continually functioning with that delivering and favoring power that it brings. So this is one of those defining moments for us where we grow in grace, where we demonstrate the great grace that he poured out upon the church to not think of ourselves more highly, but to approach him poor in spirit, knowing that he will take us into the depths of who he is and he will use us as prophets, as teachers, as pastors, as evangelists and as, as, as apostles. Christ ordained these gifts for us. He paid the price for them and he longs for us to use them so that we can function at full capacity in this hour as sons of God. It's such an exciting moment and it, my heart just explodes with, with expectancy for what God's gonna do in and through his people, in and through you in and through me, in and through his church as we commit ourselves to, to not forsaking the gathering together as we provoke one another unto agape. I, I, I'm just really exciting, excited. Let's look at, at another dimension of, 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 of fivefold, and that is the tetheme, and we're just gonna talk about this for a few minutes because it's also important um, to recognize to remember and to acknowledge in this hour. 1 Corinthians 12, 28 says, and God set, this is tethemi, this is the divine ordination. He set, he tethemied some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. And we know that those last gifts are the gifts of the pastor, the miracles, the gifts of healings, the helps, the governments, and the diversities of tongues. So what does it mean, once again, that he tethemied them into the church? Well, we know that tethemi is an ordination. Tethemi describes what God gives to us in way of ministerial gifts. The anointings, the inclinations, the giftings, and they, they really do define the ordination for each one of us into specific positions as min, in ministry. So tithemi, as we remember from our study, is sown into the kami. And the kami is that position of strategic placement. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's the commissioning or the ordained placement or planting of a leader, of a minister, of a friend of God in a location, or as I said before, in the position of strategic placement that God has called you to. So when God ordained someone for ministry, he literally was equipping them for placement in the lines of his very creation. So for us now, as we acknowledge this, tithemi is an eternal calling. Being ordained in a point of ministry is an eternal calling. 
yet it's also the reactivating of of gifts that he's given to us and 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 for me looking ahead i see fresh ordination in the function of the gifts for the work that lies ahead for us so the lord is ordaining you to step in as a prophetic intercessor and it's an eternal calling for each and every one of us and and really here's the thing our gifts and callings are eternal so when god sets replaces the tithemi in the church he intended it and intends for it to be an ongoing anointing that does not cease and so for this reason we need to be faithful and we need to continue this we need to continue in this point of ministry because this is the ongoing structure and function that he ordained for the church, the fivefold ministry. He intends it to thrive and he, he, he intends it to firmly stand through all seasons because its purpose is so vital. We need the fivefold influences flowing in the church because those fivefold in influences, as they truly define the structure and the function of the church they will ensure for us that atmosphere of of security of provision of insight of submission and of continually pressing in to focus and to glean in the midst of our function this is so important for us amen so fivefold brings the fullness of the function of the church that's what jesus obtained in that victory from the cross when he ascent, descended and ascended and this is why it's so ingrained in the ministry of our intercession as well as the prophetic ministry that we have here in the church just about everything that we do even throughout studying of scripture should be interpreted through a fivefold way Prophetic words should be interpreted in the fivefold process of thought and delivery, addressing key points, key points of timing, key points of strategy in our pathway of purpose as we go forward. This is really just so crucial for us in this hour. And so I just speak forth the anointing upon each one of you, upon every church, to step into this in the fullness for what God has for us in His grace in this hour. And that your walk of faith in it would be empowered by his grace. That you would not be on a plateau, but you would be lifted to a higher plateau. And that we would function in that place, in that higher plateau. I'm so excited for what God is doing. All five are vital. All five are vital. And, and all five need to be functioning in the church. Now we've talked about we've talked about a lot of things and 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 really we started off talking about God doing a new thing God doing new things he's his his heart is full of of hope and and his heart desires that we partner with him and that glimmer in his eye of hope and the the inception and the creation and the manifestation of the new things that he's doing. And so in the remaining time that we have, I, I felt led to focus on one particular office in the fivefold, and that is the apostle. 
And there's a multitude of reasons, I think, why God has led us here today. God does intend to adapt new work in and through us. He's doing that now. And he does that through the apostolic anointing. He does that through the apostle. He does that through the one that is sent forth. And so, as we step into new dimensions of his plan, new dimensions of, of prayer, new dimensions of ministry in the fivefold, we need to acknowledge and recognize afresh the power and the significance and the vitality of the apostle of the apostolic office. The apostle is the one that is sent forth from the throne of God by the will of God on behalf of something that's never been done before. We have to have the apostolic anointing an office functioning in the midst of our ministry and it is thriving however it has been under attack the apostle is commissioned by the very purpose of God and the apostle is responsible to hear what God is saying while keeping focus the purpose of the father in every place for which he has established in every network post that he has established, in every church that fall under this apostolic covering, that apostolic position is responsible to hear what God is saying and keep the focus of the purpose of the Father on behalf of every one of those places. There's a great weightiness that falls upon the apostle there will always be something new and fresh that God is doing he is doing something new and fresh in this hour and he is doing something new and fresh within the apostolic mission of this ministry and that new something that that new and fresh thing that he's doing will always build upon the foundation of what has already been established so in that light I want to talk about the apostolic position, the apostolic anointing, the apostolic office, because there's no question that that has been under attack during this past season. We are an apostolic ministry. We have faced COVID-19. We have faced a pandemic throughout the world. Our travel has been restricted. It has been shut down. Our physical travel has been shut down. So for an apostolic ministry, that's huge. We've seen illnesses. We've seen all kinds of ways the enemy has tried to stop the apostolic ministry from going forth from this house and from the houses of the saints. But God is doing something new. He has infused within us a passion to seek new ways to initiate new things. As this year of wisdom has played out, he's given us strategy and shown us where he's pouring out his spirit and imparting creativity and new ways for us to accomplish his mission 
without actually going forth physically as we had done in the past. He's given us new ways to see the message of the saints, the word of God taught and released throughout the world. So no matter what the enemy tries to bring against us, the power of the Lord God Almighty that we serve, the great apostle himself, our Lord Jesus Christ, is initiating new things. And he is covering us with his blood. And the enemy will not stop us. And I feel like that is just something I needed to declare today. Our pastor, our apostle, the apostle of this ministry, has been hit hard. But the enemy will not win. He will rise above this. He is rising above this through the power of the Lord. And he will come back strong, stronger than before. And step, well, he never stepped away from it, but step right into the new and the creative ways that God is opening up for him and for us as an apostolic ministry. And I just declare that. The enemy thinks he can win, but he will not win because the God that we serve has a purpose and he has sown that purpose into the heart of our apostle. And that purpose will be fulfilled through this body. Can I get an amen? So yeah, we've been attacked. Patience, which is the first sign of the apostle, has been attacked. It has been worked and worked and worked over this season and through all the craziness. <laughs> our apostle has stayed firmly fixed under the hand of the Almighty God. And, and we know, I mean, the first sign of the apostle is patience. And then comes signs. And then wonders are sure to follow. And we know that those signs verify and advertise the message of the saints, the message, the apostolic message that God has given us to release. So the enemy does not want that to happen, but it will happen. It will be. We have stood in patience. We have stood as a sign of the apostolic. And that patience will yield the verification and the advertisement of this message as it goes forth. And from that, wonders will come. Wonders, note, they notate the, the vitality of the apostolic work. And then from there, we can expect the dunamis miracles to be empowered, to be activated, to be functioning through the evangelist, through the apostle. You know, the evangelist is the appointment for the, for the apostle, and he carries that, that, that grace remedy and that, that um, capacity for, for the dunamis power to explode and to change atmospheres and to turn darkness into light. This is what is ahead for us. This is what we are going to see in the days ahead as the, the, the borders become open again for us. And as we initiate these creative new things to get the message out throughout the other parts of, of the earth, whether it's going in the natural or going through the live stream, we are going to see the signs, the wonders, and the miracles performed. And that is just so exciting to me. 
So yeah, the enemy has resisted us. He's resisted the expansion of the word of God going forth. But he will not win. God's word is going forth. And it will bring expansion. And it will touch the uttermost parts of the earth. And just for kicks. For kicks. Luke is saying, I do not understand this just for kicks. <laughs> that was for you, Luke. Um, I, I want to I reflect on on the commissioning and the first um, manifestation, if I will, of the great apostle Paul that we have in the book of, of Acts chapter 13, because I, I believe there's some things that apply to us today when we read about his journey, his first apostolic journeys as he was commissioned through the church of Antioch by hands laid on him by the prophets and the teachers. And so we're going to read, we're going to read, let's see, we're going to read out of Acts chapter 13 as we come to a close. And we're going to read, we're going to read verses 1 through 3, and then we're going to skip down to verses 42 through 52. And it says, and I, I, I'm bringing this to you because I want you to see um, the commission of the apostolic, the significance of it, but also the things that came against it in that first apostolic journey. So things that we can ex expect to come against the apostolic move of the saints, but also to see the response of the Apostle Paul in the midst of it and the fruit that was yielded through their obedience in grace and so we're going to read verses 1 through 3 this is the commission and ascending forth now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger or Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manian which had been brought up with Herod the, the Tetrarch and Saul what a diverse group of people that were in the church of Antioch I mean, and they ministered to the Lord and they fasted and the Holy Ghost said, so this was the commission of the Holy Ghost, the apostolic commission, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. So we need the Holy Ghost commissions the work that lies ahead for us as an apostolic ministry. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. And then we're going to jump to Acts 13, beginning with verse 6. So they, they, they sent them away, and they went to various different cities, and they preached and they taught. And then they came to the Isle of Paphos. And, when, and this is verse, beginning with verse 6, chapter 13. And when they had gone through the Isle of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus which was with the deputy of the county Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who was called, who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. Isn't that interesting? It's like this deputy, which was part of the Roman government, who was hanging around with this false prophet and this sorcerer, he called for the two apostles, for Saul and Barnabas, 
and he said he desired to hear the word of God. Do you think that the spirit didn't go before them? I think so. But Elamis the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. This is something that we have experienced. This is something that we are currently experiencing. This very um, influence of, you can call it sorcery, you can call it witchcraft, you can call it whatever it may be, but it's a, it's a, it's a spiritual influence that tries to turn those that are hungry away from the faith. Then Paul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes upon him and said, O full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist, a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, believed, being astonished at the doctrine or of the teaching of the Lord. So in the midst of all of that, the sorcerer, the false prophet, they all come against the, that, that initiation, that work of the apostle, that, that release of the new word of God, the message that God is bringing forth. And God empowered them by the Holy Ghost to blind him. And through that supernatural sign, wonder, and miracle, when the deputy saw that, the one that had a heart to believe but was being resisted, when he saw what had been done, he stepped into a walk of faith through the astonishment at the teaching, at the teaching of the Lord, at the doctrine of the Lord. And I just want to say this. We are a ministry. We are an apostolic ministry that is fully grounded in the Word of God, in the truth, in Scripture. Nothing that we do is not grounded in Scripture. No message that we send forth is not grounded in scripture. We are scripturally based from the very foundation of who we are. The enemy cannot stand against that. And I'm so thankful for that. And then let's begin to read in verse 42 and read through verse 52. So so what happened was this happened with the blinding of 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 Elamus. And and then um And then in Paul and, and Barnabas, they continued on. They, they traveled on. They went into Antioch, into the synagogue. And when they went into the synagogue on the, on the Sabbath, after they read the law and what they do, they asked if Paul um, had a word of exhortation for the people. And Paul just let it loose. He began to speak very apostolically. He went back through historically about the move of God through God's people, through the Jews, and then subsequently what God is doing in the midst of the Gentiles. And he says this, beginning in verse 42. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious leaders followed Paul and Barnabas, 
who, speaking to them, pursued them to continue in the grace of God. Praise God. And the next Sabbath day came almost a whole city to hear the word of God. This is the power of the Holy Ghost as it is upon the apostolic message. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, and they spoke against those things which were being spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Is this not something that we're seeing today? This is an influence. These are influences that we are experiencing today that are coming against the word of God being released, the apostolic word being re- being released. We, we've got envying. We've got contradicting. We've got blaspheming of the truth of God. But then look how Paul and Barnabas responded. They were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they responded like this. It says they waxed bold. And they said, it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, speaking to the Jews, those that were coming against them. But seeing that you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us. This is the commission to the apostolic ministry. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou should be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad, and they glorified the word of the Lord. And as many were ordained to eternal life, believed. They stepped into this walk of faith. Those that God had ordained stepped into this walk of faith. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city, and they raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas. We're always going to have that. We're having that today. We're experiencing that opposition, that persecution today. And they were expelled them out of their coasts. But what did Paul and Barnabas do? What was their response? It says they shook off the dust of their feet against them, and they came unto Iconium. And the disciples were filled with the joy and with the Holy Ghost. This is a picture of the apostolic ministry in action. This is what we are called to. We will be a light for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And the, Lord, the word of the Lord will be glorified. And those that are ordained from the foundation will embrace this walk of faith. And when the enemy comes against us, we will shake the dust off of our feet and we will go forward with joy in the Holy Ghost. And I declare that no enemy is going to stand against this apostolic ministry. No no enemy is going to hold our apostle back. We are going forward in the Holy Ghost, in joy, in power. And we will see the purpose of the Lord fulfilled in and through us in remarkable ways. And I just say hallelujah for that. Now, I know I'm running out of time. I've run out of time. But I just want to end with this. Every single one of your houses of prayer, your churches, is significant in this apostolic ministry whether it be through intercession, through prophetic insight, through functioning in the fivefold, and I want to encourage you in that. And and just yesterday, I received um, a prophetic word from our church in Florida, in Port St. John, 
And I feel like it just so rightly fits in this message because it's, you know, God is calling us to be instant in season and to partner with him in spirit in the midst of the purposeful, uh, purposeful assembly for which he has called us to. And so they gave testimony from Sunday morning um, as they gathered together in the midst of their purposeful assembly. They gathered together and they were preparing for their worship time. And, and, and normally when they gather together, they'll rehearse or they'll, you know, they'll press into the spirit to, to get a sound, to, to get a song. You know how it works prophetically. It's like you go before the Lord as, as the worshipers to, to, to gain that sound that you're going to launch forth from. And, and what was told of me was that they couldn't get it. It was it's just like nothing was cooperating. The sound equipment, it just what the sound just they couldn't get it. And so one of the singers who is very, very prophetic submitted a word, and this word was this. The Lord wants to birth something new. He wants to birth a restorative measure. He wants to release a prophetic noise, a prophetic sound, something that has not been rehearsed. And I saw a sevenfold water flow, waterfall flowing down over Apostle Ron, releasing an explosive, miraculous, dunamis power. This is to be acknowledged and to recognize as this is something that God is releasing in this hour. Things have tried to come against us to stop the flow, to try to stop the genos the beginning point of the new thing that God wants to do, the new thing. But they began to declare the dunamis power of God, the dunamis of God's will to do the new and miraculous restorative thing that he has ordained for us in this hour. So they threw everything out as a body and they walked around their sanctuary and they began to pray in diversities of tongues. They applied the blood and all of a sudden the Lord spoke again and said that he was releasing a launching point from his heart over us for all of us for this apostolic ministry and we lay claim to that we lay claim to the apostolic work that is within us for this season that he has put within us to partner with him in and we speak forward that that apostolic message will go forward. We will continue to teach the word and he will expand it through many creative ways. We will bring those into faith and we will know his heart and his ways, his thoughts, and we will function fully in the full capacity for which he has for us in this hour. And so I, I wanna thank our church in Port St. John for submitting this. And I bear witness with this. And God is moving. His Holy Spirit is moving in and, each, in, in and through each one of us. Be instant in season. Be ready to step up. And be ready to press into that grace to lift you into a higher place. For that is where God is calling us and that is where we are going. So I bless you today. I love you deeply. And I just pray every measure of God's anointing upon you, upon your churches, upon your hearts, 
upon every intercessor, every intercessor in this network. I bless you. And I just speak forth the good word of the Lord over your life and every good purpose as you commit yourself to this walk of faith. And I just say, have a beautiful day. And, and until we are together again, which should be very soon, have a wonderful day. Amen.